Welcome back to the Flower and Compass. My name is Maddie, and today is going to be a bit of a different episode than our usual ones. Instead of just a straight-up interview, um, today's is going to be more of a conversation. And today on the show, we have Jacob. Jacob is from Slumps Podcast. I've had him on the show before. We did an amazing interview together, so I would recommend you definitely go checking that out to learn a little more about him. But in this episode, Jacob and I are going to be having much more of a chill conversation where we simply talk about emotions and dealing with emotions and all that kind of stuff. So without further ado, let's get into this. Jacob, how are you doing today? Actually, I'm going pretty good. And I'll be entirely honest with you. I kind of forgot that we were going to be recording this today. (laughs) So I was actually cooking with my mom before this. And then I just finished. And I was like, sorry, uh, I can't eat dinner. I scheduled something. (laughs) And I was pretty stupid and forgot about it. So I'm, I'm doing pretty all right. I made some chili and I'm honestly pretty proud of it. Awesome. Well, I hope you get to eat chili after this is all over. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I hope that my family doesn't eat it, but I mean, it's my cooking. Of course, they'll eat it all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, just kind of kicking it off is I'd love to talk to you a bit about stress, which you were explaining is kind of a more obscure emotion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though, is that people think that that stress is just it's just one thing. And, and I mean, of course it, you can just say it's more complicated than that, but you gotta, you gotta actually explain how it's more complicated than that. Cause stress comes in multiple different forms. I've, uh, I've talked a lot about, um, cause there's a, there's a huge difference between emotions that are short-term and emotions that are long-term. Cause if you have stress and you're like, Oh, uh, I gotta get this assignment done by 12 o'clock tonight that I've been neglecting for the past five days, like, like I'm doing, but like, if I, I have this thing that's due at 12 o'clock tonight and I have to get it done, there's that kind of stress, of course. And that one, that one's typically the one that people refer to, but then there's the stress of, Oh, I'm in my early thirties. Shouldn't I be married by now? And there's that kind of stress. Right. And so it, it comes in like, it comes in a lot of different forms. And even if the short term ones, there's, there's different kinds of stress in that too. Cause of course you have like deadlines and whatever that you try to meet, but then you also have stress in the quality of work that you put out and like in public speaking, you're not stressed because you're public speaking. You're stressed because what's going to happen when you are public speaking, <laughs> when you're in front of the class, what's going to happen. Somebody going to say a joke that, that gets everybody all hyped up, I guess. And it's like, and all that stuff. Like, am I going to do well? Am I going to be mumbling? It's all like this. There's just so many different forms of stress. And I feel like people too often, they'll say a blanket statement for things and they'll just never go into it. Because like, I, I've talked about this before when I said, uh, is ignorance bliss? And like, you can just say yeah to that or you could just say no to that. But like, explain it. Because <laughs> it, a lot of the time, it's just it's not necessarily that simple. And so it's the same thing with stress is that like somebody's like, Oh yeah, well I just relax. And I, uh, I watch some relaxing videos and I pour myself some tea, which a hundred percent that, that, that will de-stress you. But if your form of getting rid of stress is getting the work done properly, then, you know, it's like, it's going to have different, uh, different results, I guess. And so, I mean, how do you really feel about, um, about different kinds of stress. I mean, like, do you, uh, do you kind of experience a lot of different kinds or is it more like one general theme with you? Um, that's a great question. I think in general, it's just kind of a lot of different kinds. I think sometimes, sometimes I'm more prone to kind of like the long-term just stress about, you know, just in general, kind of, I guess, how I'm acting around other people. I can, I, especially when I'm in a new environment or at a school or whatever, I get very, very nervous that people aren't going to like me or stressed about that. So that's kind of more of a long-term stress, I guess you could say. Um, And then I also do get very stressed about, well, am I going to do well on this test? But then after you take the test, it's like, okay, well, you kind of got to let it go because you you can't change anything at that point. Um, So I would say that I definitely Mm -hmm. feel a range of stress. Sometimes I, you know, feel more in the moment stress of, Oh, I got to get this done or do well on this test or study for that or this or that. And then sometimes I feel more of a long-term stress about, I guess that's kind of how I would classify it in in my mind is like the long-term stress of, 
stressing about how you're acting, stress or yeah, how you're acting around other people, stressing about um, maybe what you look like, or maybe that you're overweight. That's, I feel like that's kind of more of a long-term deeper stress, deeper stress. I like, kind of like that. Like it's like a deeper stress that is prolonged, um, a stress that you're not good enough, a stress about what you're, you know, that you're not good enough for your family or that you can't be enough for this or there's, there's just so much there. And then you also have that kind of short-term, maybe not shallow stress because it's still valid stress to be stressed about, um, doing work or something, but it's a little less important long-term almost, because if you fail this test, maybe it does hurt your grade, but I think that there's always opportunity to pull it back up. And I think that we really, if we put it into perspective, it probably won't ruin your life. I mean, maybe if you fill the um, ACT, it may ruin your life, but like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can, you can come back. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really believe that like, just because you fail a, a you know, a test, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to die. You'll be fine. I think that, you know, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like putting it in pers- into perspective. It's, it holds a lot less weight than, you know, the stress of not being good enough. That's something that you could technically carry throughout your entire life. Um, you know what I mean? It's just a much, it's a heavy stress. It's a deep seated stress. The feel, um, the feeling that you're not good enough and the stress that is associated with that. Cause I think it is stressful to feel like you're not good enough because then you feel like you consistently have to prove to other people that or try to prove to other people that you are good enough. You know what I mean? So I think that things like that just hold much more weight. So I would say that, yeah, I feel you know, a lot of varieties of stress. I think that we live just in a stressful society. So we're kind of stressed a lot of the time. So I think that, you know, a lot of us feel a lot of the different stresses, the more in the moment stresses with the test and then the long-term stress of not being good enough, not doing enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, the, one of the, the strange anomalies that I usually see with stress is that um, a lot of the time with it, is that it can be also really beneficial to people because I know many people in my life that function based off stress as in they'll only do something if it's stressing them out because it's kind of, um, I just say a more fundamental level of getting you to do something because stress is such an all encompassing emotion because stress can give you motivation to do something. Right. And people confuse stress for many different things. And sometimes stress is many different things. But to you personally, since a lot of people do function off stress, if you think stress as an emotion as a whole didn't exist, do you think that we would uh, you think we'd just kind of be a lot less productive? I think it depends on the person. Um, I don't know that functioning from stress or based off of stress or having stress as your motivator is necessarily the best way or most healthy way to live because I think (laughs) I think stress is stress is stress to consistently be putting your body under heavy amounts of stress is not healthy for it you know um and there's a very very sciencey aspect of it which I've you know seen documentaries or whatever about because my mom's kind of big on that kind of thing um like don't don't be stressed all the time Maddie look what it's doing to you you know what I mean um but so from that aspect, I'm like, stresses, but I do think there are times when it's necessary. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, that's kind of a hard question to answer. I feel like there are times when it's necessary. Yes. Um, but as a whole, we should not be stressed 24 seven. So for me, that's like, uh, I would, I mean, I guess for me, I don't feel very motivated by stress personally. When I get extremely stressed out and overwhelmed, my, what I want to do is drop everything and do nothing. That's kind of my reaction to feeling overwhelmed and feeling stressed is to literally just drop everything and do nothing, which is not necessarily the best reaction because then it leads to insane amounts of procrastination. And it's just not fun when you're stressed and overwhelmed and you're just like, Nope, I am not doing this today. And then tomorrow comes around and it's like, Oh crap, I did not do that. So, you know, it definitely leads to issues, but I think, there's just a lot of different sides to stress. It is necessary and there are scenarios where it's, you know, necessary, but um, I don't know. I mean, one of the, um, what I think is the difference between procrastinating and not caring is how much stress that you feel. Because if you don't care about something, then, then I guess either all emotions associated with it or you'll be having less of an emotional reaction associated with it. 
Because if you get an assignment that's like, oh yeah, do a five page uh, like essay, it's due Friday. And then you just, you don't, you push it off and you push it off because you don't care. And then it rolls around and you, it's due and you stayed and you still don't care. I feel like that's mainly because you, you either don't feel the stress or because you not caring kind of overrides the stress. Because if you, if you're a very stressed person, I know people that will get a project five page essay that's, that's due on Friday. And as a result of that, they'll do the same exact thing as somebody that doesn't care, even though they might care where they'll push it off and they'll push it off and they'll push it off. And then it's Friday at 11 o'clock when it's due at 1159. And then they're just aggressively smacking their face on their keyboard, trying to somehow pull out five pages worth of essay out of nowhere. And so that's where I see the difference between having stress and not having stress being uh, when it comes to procrastinating and not caring. So I'm, I totally get what you mean when you say it's like, it's a necessary, uh, it's a necessary thing. I kind of consider it a necessary evil because nobody wants to be stressed, but a lot of the time it can cause them to be more productive uh, than, uh, than they would be otherwise, because it's a lot of the time it's just your emotions usually indicate how productive you'll be. And I mean, speaking on emotions, when I say that a lot of people confuse stress for different things or different things for stress, what I mean by that is this, is that I know that this is not judging you because I don't know this about you personally, and this is not judging anybody else out there, but a lot of people will cry often. And what they don't realize is that not all crying is caused by sadness because like they'll think that they're sad because they're like, well, I'm crying. And that's usually like the key defining thing of, uh, of sadness. But in reality, the like scientifically, the molecules that your tears carry out of your system are like molecules and chemicals of like actual stress. So a lot of the time, a lot of the, all the time when you're crying, you're relieving stress, but not all the time that you're crying is because you're stressed and people kind of confuse that and a, a different, like, well, nah, let me actually, let me go into that a little bit more. Cause I think I actually left it kind of vague. And it's that a lot of people that they'll be stressed out over something and they'll confuse themselves and then they'll think that they're sad as a result of it. Right. And so they're like, <laughs> they're like, well, why am I crying over this essay? I'm, it's not really depressing me here. I didn't just get broken up with by my essay. <laughs> like, how, how am I crying over this? And that's the thing, though, is because stress is a, a pretty common thing that you're going to deal with. Because as you grow up and as you take on different things, you're going to be expected of more. And stress really just comes from expectations, whether it's like, you expecting something from yourself or you being expected to do something like, I guess we use our five page essay for this example. Right. And so if you're, uh, if you're expecting that you have to do that, so you're going to be stressed. And so you may cry as a way to cope with that. And what people don't realize is that crying is such a normal and healthy way of dealing with stress. Cause it's your body's natural way of dealing with it. Right. It's like some people may result to substances or some people may result to physical activities is a good way to relieve stress as well. Like I know a few people that get really stressed and they do boxing. So they just punch the stress out of their system. But at the same time, it's like it's a lot of just you should be able to normalize it. Normalize crime because that is I talk to people and they, they say that. I cry a lot and I don't know why. And I asked them if they get stressed a lot and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's, that's totally okay, dude. <laughs> it's if you got to cry, dude, then you, then you got to cry. It, it's way less healthy to hold back tears and to hold in crying. Like, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you've ever felt like crying and you've ever held it back and you tried your hardest to, it will make you feel so uncomfortable and it will be like it will just give you just such a terrible feeling because your body is trying to get you to relieve stress. So I think that a lot of 
emotions will be confused for other things. And I'll get into a, a different emotion after this, but do you find yourself getting stressed a lot? Yeah, I definitely get stressed a lot. And I think that that's, you brought up some really amazing points about crying because I tend to be a very emotional person. So I just tend to cry a lot. And I definitely agree that I think a lot of people, you know, they find themselves, especially people that actually do care. They're just really bad procrastinators, pushing it off to the last minute and then crying about it. And I definitely agree that it's not sadness. It's stress at that point. You're so stressed that it's just a natural reaction to cry. So I think that, because I feel like we've made crying almost bad or like a sign that you're weak, especially with males. We've definitely made it like boys can't cry kind of thing. And I don't think that that's healthy. Um, I think it's completely natural and normal to cry. Um, Especially if you're, you know, I tend to be, and I, we've, we've talked about this before. I'm a very emotional person. So I do cry a lot. Yeah. And sometimes it is from sadness, but a lot of the time it tends to be from stress just because I'm overwhelmed. And I also um, loved your point about how you've had friends that would box when they got stressed. I think that's also a great point because another great way we get kind of the stress out of our system is by doing physical activity. I tend to run or jog a lot whenever I get stressed. I just go for a walk or a jog. Um, And that just really helps me kind of let it go. So I would definitely say if you're feeling stressed, don't be afraid to cry. You know, if you need to go in the closet and lock yourself in your room or whatever and just have a little crying sesh, go at it. You know what I mean? I think that it's okay to cry. I also think find some physical activity you enjoy. Not everyone enjoys running. Not everyone enjoys boxing, but there's a lot of stuff out there. Gymnastics, dance. There's so much you could do. You could put on a little music and just dance, you know, to the music in your room. Like it doesn't have to be something big or fancy or, you know, it can just be something as simple as that. So I really, I really loved those points you brought up, Jacob. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the key of, I guess, having your different coping mechanisms, like I guess your physical activity, uh, specifically in this case that I'll be saying is that you need to use it at the right points because if you have an essay that's due in 20 minutes, please do not go on a 5k race <laughs> because you got to get that paper done in 20 minutes. So I'd say that a hundred percent, there's a time to apply it. Like, yeah, if you're feeling stressed because you have an upcoming public speaking thing that you have to do, and you, you just, you genuinely from the bottom of your heart, that is the last thing on the planet that you want to do. A hundred percent, dude. Go on a run, do a workout, dance, maybe punch a few pillows. That's totally fine. Like it just, it comes in, in where you should apply it for sure. And so I think that um, another one of the emotions that they, it's not that they confuse it for this emotion, but it's because it's just a subset of a, of a, of stress is a, is anxiety. Anxiety is a, is another form of stress. And I mean, the parameters between what makes it stress and what makes it anxiety is, is that I don't know everything for a hundred percent, but I, think that generally the difference in between anxiety comes with more of social issues like if you're too anxious to do public speaking or you're anxious of how you look either because well a lot of the time with body image is based on oh they see this thing and oh i look like this and so you'll have an issue with that and that's like a lot of the time when it comes to anxiety like socializing with other people it's not your fault that's that's the main deal when it comes to anxiety when it comes to stress if you put something off and you put something off and you put something off and then you have to do it and you're really stressed as a result but that is probably your fault but when it comes to anxiety a lot of the time it really isn't like public speaking for me personally i love public speaking but almost all my friends absolutely hate it and i talk to them about it and, and they just tell me they're like, I'm uncomfortable because all these people are watching me and all this stuff. And they'll be judging every small thing that I do. And yeah, I, I get that. And that's like, for me internally, it was just, I had to deal with it in different ways to the point where I would get used to it. But a lot of the time with anxiety, it, it's, it's something that is either out of your control or it just, it isn't your fault, right? If you're, if you're too anxious to, to walk down the street, by yourself at night 
it's not your fault that you have to walk down the street by by yourself. It's not the what things could occur at that time would be your fault. But you might just be feeling anxious about it or asking somebody out. That I call that more of an anxiety because like a lot of the time the reaction will be based on how they feel about you, right? If you're trying to ask somebody out, it'll be how they feel about you. And of course you can, uh, of course it's key that you don't, I don't know, say that you'll chop their fingers off so that they don't have like image of you or whatever. But a lot of the time it's, it'll be anxiety because it's just, it's something that's out of your control. And so I talk about stress, but anxiety has become so much of a bigger issue with people mainly because a lot of the time it's just not something that they can uh that they can really deal with directly like doing an assignment for class ahead of time instead of waiting for the last minute it's a lot easier to to do an assignment than to learn how to make new friends after you transfer to like a new school or uh or to join a new club when you don't know anybody in there or to wear a specific outfit even though you're uncomfortable with how your body looks or something like that. It's, it's easier to, to type an essay than it is to really put yourself out there and to express yourself when you're not really comfortable with who you are. Yeah, definitely. Those are some really great points. Um, yeah, that was just, you know, some really great points. I definitely, you know, I definitely think that it's for a lot of people, they would probably say it's a, a little harder to go into a new school and try to make friends than it is to write an essay, you know, no matter how long the essay is. Um, Cause it just requires you to have a different set of skills. It requires you to have confidence. And I think that's, you know, it's a really great point is a lot of people don't feel comfortable in their skin, which is kind of a sad reality of our world today is a lot of people are still kind of trying to figure out who they are. I feel like even adults, you know, even adults struggle, like it's not something that's just, you know, teen centered, we're all struggling in different ways. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that it's hard, especially for people who don't feel comfortable in their skin. And I definitely have friends that are, you know, they're not confident in who they are and how they look and they beat themselves up a lot about it. And it's, you know, it's hard to kind of see them. It's hard to see friends do that just because it's like, you know, you, you, you want what's best for them and you don't want them to be anxious of people looking at them a weird way because they're wearing shorts instead of jeans or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, you want them to be able to express themselves uh, and they just feel so uncomfortable doing it because they're so uncomfortable in their own skin. So I think that that's just something that's kind of become a reality and it's really sad. Mm -hmm. I mean, what a lot of, a lot of our issues that, that we deal with because our brains naturally they're our brains. And what I mean by our, our brain, I, I, I mean void of emotion and separate from emotion, our brains can be pretty analytical to a fault basically where you'll want the best result. And that this is like something that has been for the, for the longest amount of time, like even with the so, so, so many years ago with, with evolution, you you like picking your mate is it's all just a matter of comparison and comparison is what will kill you. Absolutely destroy your confidence what's going to more anxious and again that's not that's not a thing that's your fault because your brain will naturally do that if you want to get a car and you go to a car salesman and you and you're like and you just see one car there you won't know how it is compared to other things but then when you start comparing it then you get a better idea so a lot of the time this will happen in school or in a workplace and the reason why it happens there is because you end up comparing yourself to people. Because why? There are so many people in your school. There are so many people around you. I mean, separate from Corona, because that's a whole separate thing. But there's so many people around you, and you know, the school will flourish on a lot of people being in there. So you'll compare yourself to others. And even if it's not in your direct environment, one of the things that I hate about talking about is just society stuff because that's one of the things when i mean it's like a lot of the time they'll say it and it'll be vague and then they just won't go into it but it's like dude society's so messed up i'm like okay well why do you think society's messed up i'm not saying that it isn't because for sure but i'm like what what part of it and so like you will see that online you'll see models 
right? Because that, that's who advertises clothing. That's who you see in your movies. That's how you see in all of your media. And, uh, and that's the thing with beauty standards is that it will absolutely mess with you. So it all trickles down because if you see a model looks like this, a few kids in your class might aspire for that look. And then in your brain, you'll be comparing yourself to them and that look. And you'll be like, oh, I don't look like this. I'm not, I'm not adequate. Uh, I'm not like, I'm not on the level. And that's the thing that is so confusing is that when it comes to, I, I had just talked about this uh, a few days ago, but I was like, a lot of things, uh, I talked about this with my friend Braden, and that's that a lot of the reason why people will peak in like high school or they'll peak in college is because it's merit-based for sure, like your grades. But how people interact with each other is not merit-based. Everybody's kind of held at the same level at, a, at your school or at your high school. And so the thing that will differentiate others and that we're the, I guess, the, the quote-unquote caste system, I know there's a better term for it. It will usually come with who has the most social skills and who's most attractive. Those are really the two metrics that people will value themselves on. So social skills goes with power public speak, compare yourself to somebody else. Like uh, imagine you, you're already stressed out about having this public speaking assignment. And then you just, you just saw this person go up there and do absolutely amazing at it. And you have to go up after them. That's going to raise your anxiety to such an extreme extent. And another case of where we, we talk about beauty and where you'll compare yourself to others, which will absolutely destroy your confidence in yourself it's because their looks is going to affect their, I guess, social status in their school. And so when I talk about comparison being the root of it, it's because, yeah, your brain is, it's pretty analytical and it, it's so analytical that it ends up hurting itself. And that's why you have so many people that I guess will quote unquote peak in high school is that the second that they get out of high school and they have to go into their different jobs and stuff like that, then it becomes merit-based. Your resume will be merit-based. The people that you work with and who gets a raise will be merit-based. And so, of course, you have your teachers and you have your students. And, of course, then you have the principal on top of that. But then that's really it. You have, when you're in a company, you have such a huge hierarchy of people above you that as a result of that, you can't just dominate a workplace based on your social skills you need to have years and years of experience. And so that's the whole thing with people peaking in high school. And so it's just, it's so much comparing. And so I think that comparing is generally a negative thing, but in some cases I think it can also be a positive because people will compare their work to others in class if they're doing group work and they're like, Oh, well, I got this answer. No, I got, I got this answer. Which one of us is right? Which one of us is wrong? Let's figure it out. Or is both of us wrong, right? Because we're, we're so used to uh, we're so used to comparing uh, different things with other people that our brain will automatically just compare ourselves with other people. And so it just, I guess it, uh, I guess one benefit to our brain ends up being a negative in the long run because it's kind of a self-destructive behavior. Yeah, it's a it's a very self-destructive behavior. There's a you know the saying curiosity killed the cat. Yeah. It should be comparing killed the cat. <laughs> Not as catchy, but I definitely <laughs> think that like one, I believe curiosity to be a good thing. And two, I think comparing is just like you said, it's very destructive and detrimental because then it basically puts us in a position where we can never be good enough. Uh, because we're consistently looking, oh, look at what that person have. Oh, oh, look at what that person's doing. Oh, look at the grade that they got on that test. Um, it, it makes you, it, it never allows you to simply just be enough because it's like you're consistently striving almost for what others have. Um, and it's basically kind of pointing out all your flaws in an indirect way almost because you're looking and you're seeing, oh, well, they look like this and I look like that. Um, so I definitely think that, I think that there's different kinds, types of comparing. I think that the comparing like answers on a test, you know, like after you've taken the test and like you're doing, I guess, corrections or whatever, 
I think that's an instance where comparing is okay. I also think that's a different kind of comparing um, where it's like, it's, it's a different kind of comparing. You're comparing like more, um, I guess, numerical values kinds of comes like a one versus a two, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's, to me, that's a very different kind of comparing. When I think comparing like in this situation, I think more of a comparing um, ourselves to one another's. Uh, that came out wrong comparing ourselves you know to other people it's more of a well look at what they did on instagram look at how perfect they are i i I kind of feel that way sometimes too with you know people will post on their instagram stories or whatever uh getting up in the morning making tea gonna do some yoga yeah let's get this day started some positivity gratitude journals um and they're just you know, all ready for the day. And I'm like, I, I don't really do all that stuff. I struggle with positivity and gratitude and stress. And they're over here. You, you know what I mean? So I definitely think that it's like a comparing. And I think one of the detrimental parts of social media is that I feel like a lot of, even though social media, what I've heard, because I haven't been on social media for that long, even though I've heard it's changed a lot and there's a lot less body shaming now than there used to be. And it's, it's more of a somewhat of a positive place if you look in certain spots um, you know, a lot of the people I follow post a lot of quotes, like, you got this, I believe in you, go rock today. You know what I mean? Um, there are yeah. still aspects of it. Um, and I think that this is just the nature of the platform of people posting about what their lives and what they're doing. Um, and you just naturally start to go, oh, well, I don't do that. I should be doing that. Oh, I, I struggle with dealing with this and that. Should I not? Well, well, what's wrong with me because I'm not doing this or I'm not taking, you know what I mean? You start to really compare. And I especially, you know, because as you know, I've stopped posting for a while on my podcast just because there was, you know, I was so overwhelmed and there was just so much going on. I just felt like I couldn't do it. And, um, you know, I talked to people who haven't, they've been podcasting for six months and they haven't stopped podcasting at all. Every single Wednesday, they've gotten an episode out and they're consistent. And I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Um, and so that, you know, to me, that's like, uh, I don't know. I'm very self-conscious about that because I want to be able to do it. I want to be able to do that. I really want to be on top of it. But at the same time, I, I couldn't because I just had so much else going on. And I needed to be nice to myself because I was like, well, Maddie, do they have everything going on in their lives that you have going on in yours? Well, I don't know. Maybe they do have stuff going on and maybe they were able to push past it in the podcast and good for them. You know, that's amazing. I think to be able to push past whatever's going on and do what you love still and to be able to be consistent, that's a skill. It's an amazing skill to have. Um, but I don't really have that. I was overwhelmed. I was dealing with stuff and I just, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't handle podcasting. So I need to be nice and compassionate to myself for that. But at the same time, you know, I look at other people and like, Oh, Maddie, what are you doing? You're only, you've only been podcasting for a few months and you've already taken all these breaks and done this and that, and you're not consistent. And you know what I mean? So it's comparison is just very detrimental and it never lets us be good enough because I mean, we're never going to be really the best. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like there are very few people at very few points in history where like, are the best at what they do. Like the best basketball player. I don't know much about basketball. I don't know. Like take for, you know, per se LeBron James, like the best basketball player. Like he's the goat, the greatest of all time. Like the rest of the players, they can't really live up to that. So I think that we just need to be okay with doing our best um, because there's always usually going to be someone that has more money than us, that gets better grades than us. That's doing, you know, more activities or is in more clubs there's always going to be someone that's doing more and doing better and that's where they need to be and we are where we need to be so I think that we really need to kind of step back and accept well they're doing what they can do but they're not in the exact they're they're not going through what I'm going through yes they're going through what they're going through and they have their own problems and situations and plus and bonuses and ups and downs and friends and family or whatever but so do I so I think that we're all in different scenarios um, and we all have different, you know, situations. And so if we're a product of our environment, we're all in different environments. So we can't all necessarily expect the same from everyone. So I think we just need to, you know, realize that and say, well, maybe they have, you know, they had an opportunity I didn't. So that's where they are, where they are. And I can work and, and try to get to that point. But um, 
just because they're there doesn't mean I need to hate them. Because that's the other thing that I feel like is like we, we grow kind of spiteful and hateful of the people that we want to be like or the people that we, you know, the lives that we want to have. Um, like, oh, she's off doing this and that. That's just because she's a, a rich white girl and way, way, way or whatever. It's like, no, maybe that's just because we're spiteful because we want to be on a cruise in Maui, you know, saying hi to dolphins. You know what I mean? I think we just, comparison is just something that's so, so bad. And it's just, it's painful yeah. for both sides, you know? I'll, uh, I'll say a few things. I'll say a few things on that. First of all, I don't know how much your demographic is familiar with sports, but if they're very familiar with basketball, uh, the Flower and Compass would like to acknowledge that both LeBron James and Michael Jordan are amazing basketball players. And that although Maddie may have said that one is the greatest of all time, there is an ongoing argument in between Michael Jordan and LeBron James as to who is really the greatest of all time. And I either apologize. way, you will respect your opinion. I'm Anyways, <laughs> Anyways <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll talk to this on stress as to what you said in the beginning, and then I'll move it up to comparing because I have a few different talking points on that. And that's the first thing with stress is that if you um, – if you're feeling really stressed to the point where you have to take a break from doing your podcast, you, you know, you have to accept that that's okay. Cause if there's another thing that stress will have as a side effect is that if you're trying to be doing your podcast, but you're really stressed, the quality of your podcast is going to decrease just basically based off of your stress, you know, cause you, you might see that, Oh, this person has been doing their podcast. They haven't missed a week for five years. Well, for sure, that's great for them. I'm not saying go. I'm not saying go trash on other people for being consistent. But if you don't have it in you internally to make another episode of your podcast without taking a break because you have other things going on and other things that you have to tend to, you know, it, that's how it is for me. Is that I really do not want to put out a half put together episode of uh, of my podcast. I 100% do not. If I'm feeling stressed or I'm just genuinely not feeling it, I will not do the live stream because it's just, I would prefer to upload stuff that I am happy with. In fact, this is, um, I was about to put this post up on my Instagram, but I was like, Oh shoot. I just got done making chili. And I totally forgot about this podcast. <laughs> so I, uh, I didn't get the chance to. But basically this week uh, and onward for a little while, I'm going to be going on a break from my podcast. Not to take a break from it, but because I am going to be investing in the quality of it and taking it in a different direction. And as well as a whole lot more planning and, uh, and strategizing. And as a result of that, I need to take some time off from editing it and running it full time to really plan on its future and all the changes I'll be making. And it's basically just going to be like a video game update. It's just going to be new, new stuff. It's going to kind of shake things up. And so I need some time off to do that because for me personally, I wasn't super happy with all the content that I was putting out. I was like, it's not high quality and it's not even what I mean for other people. It's not a high quality for me because I want to be happy with what I put out and I want to be proud of it. And so if you're really stressed, it's going to be nearly impossible to make a product that you're really happy with because you're going to be stressed the whole time. You might rush it in some areas. You might, have not, you might not have the time to edit it fully, right? So as a result of it, it's, it's the quality of it. It's, it's you making something that, that you're going to be uh, proud of. And now moving it on to comparing is the main issue that I have with social media. Well, there's, there's a few. But the thing is, how it would used to be is there would be a just human social inter interacting and, and all that stuff. And you could generally tell if somebody's more popular or, or if somebody's not. But the thing with social media is that it will put a number on you as a person. And it's not like, ooh, big bad social media is going to value who you are. It's, it's going to be other people that will choose to follow an account on Instagram. But a lot of the time you'll be like, oh, shoot, I've been doing this for a few months 
and I only have 70 followers on my account, but this other account's only been doing it for two months and they have like 500. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, dude, what am I doing? <laughs> that kind of comparing, that kind of comparing right there will absolutely kill all of your momentum. It absolutely will. Because it will put a numeric value on either you as a person or whatever you're doing. And so in reality, that, that numeric uh, value, it doesn't matter in terms of what you're making. If you're putting out content that you aren't proud of, and yet you look at another company and, and you see that they're, or another podcast, you see that they're putting out stuff that they're extremely proud of and they have a bigger following or whatever. I'm, I know a bunch of accounts that make way higher quality content than me that have way less Instagram followers. And it pushes me to be better because that's the great part of comparing is that it will push you to be better because I want to be proud of what I make. But at the same time, putting a numeric value on it, it's not the way to go about it and then when it comes to celebrities when you said that if you um when it comes to comparing both people lose that's that if you spend all your time comparing yourself to a famous person it first of all it's an unrealistic expectation there's a thing on social media where they'll be like oh it's a leaked photo of them without their makeup on and they they look like a 40 year old aunt and they're only 20 years old or something stupid like that because being expected so highly of will force you into a corner. When everybody's going to be comparing themselves to you, the second something goes bad, they will keep comparing themselves to you. Because if, if there's a picture of you with a super great outfit on, maybe your makeup's on point, your hair is absolutely amazing, they got just the right angles, just the right photo editing, all of this stuff. And then you compare you just taking a selfie and like outside without putting all this time and effort into your, your makeup or your hair or your outfit. And I don't mean that from a sense of, Oh, you don't care about how you look. I mean that in the sense of they will literally have an entire team of people just for one photo. And yet you compare you just relaxing, taking a selfie to them and doing an entire photo shoot. Then what happens is when there's a leaked photo of, I don't know, somebody like Kylie Jenner, or something like that. And you're like, oh, they look terrible in this photo compared to this selfie that I took that I was prepared for is that now that that celebrity is going to be like so uncomfortable because they're still going to be compared to it. Yeah, they're still going to be compared to. And whether or not it's a positive thing for them or a negative thing for them, it's going to force them into such a bad situation. And so one of the strange things that I see with social media is it's, it's basically marketing for people you can market yourself in a certain way. Like every single picture that you post is essentially advertising you as a person. And now that might not be your intention, right? When you take a picture, if you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to be gaining so many followers from this, my, my quote unquote fan base will be so impressed. No, that might not be what you're thinking, right? But that might be what happens as a result of it is that it's just, it's human marketing. So you will see, it's like this. You're sitting at your house and you just made yourself a hamburger, okay? Your hamburger looks pretty solid. You're eating it. You're sitting and watching TV. Out of nowhere, some McDonald's commercial goes on. And you see the burger that they advertise. Not the burger that they sell, but the burger that they advertise. Looks like the best hamburger you will ever see best thing on the planet and you look down at your hamburger and even though at one point you were proud of it like maybe a selfie that you took at one point you're proud of it now you compare it to that fake thing that you see on the screen and your brain's like oh mine sucks and people do that with just themselves they will look at somebody's post on instagram and they will think that that's actually who they are and then they'll look in the mirror and be like oh i kind of i kind of suck no, that was a photo shoot. That was an entire team of people. And so that's what the deal is with advertising is that advertising is meant to make it look great. It's meant to make it look like the best thing out there because like you put your money into that. But social media, it's the same concept, but just a kind of different thing. So if somebody's advertising themselves, be like, oh, here's me while I'm surfing in this like multi-thousand dollar camera with this specific lighting and a whole team of people, and then you look at, you're like, oh, well, this is me while I'm surfing. And I look like a, a wet dog that just got thrown into a bathtub. Oh, I'm, 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 so, I'm so hideous. 
you know, it's because, you know, you might be comparing yourself to a false image. Like you might be comparing your hamburger to a, to a false image of a burger. I don't know if you've seen this before, but how they make food and commercials is it's so fake. There's so many fake things that they, you can search this online right now or make sure that when it's when you're done listening to this episode, because viewer retention is important. No, I'm kidding. But um, it's like, if you watch how they do it, there's so many fake aspects to make it so much more appetizing. It's more fake than it is food. So you're, you might be comparing yourself to a fake image every single day and, you know, you might not even realize it. And so that's how it's really a lose lose is that you're comparing your non advertised self, your, your non uh, edited self to something that is edited to such a high extent. And I don't even mean with Photoshop. I mean, maybe just with lighting, but a lot of times, yeah, there's also Photoshopping or there's plastic surgery. And so you will spend all this time doing all this comparing when a lot of what you see will be fake compared to reality. And so if, if you compare yourself to something fake, it's like in a more extreme instance, it's like comparing yourself to an anime character and you're like, oh, I'm so ugly. Well, that's an anime character. That's, you know, that's, that's an art style. And so a lot of the time these accounts, they might be just as real as, a, as an anime character. And so if you just... That's where comparing will really get you because your brain, it won't consider everything involved. It will make it a shortcut. It'll see who you are and what you're looking at. It won't see the process of what that took to look like that. It will just see that. You get what I mean? Yeah. And the other thing I think we do is we compare our worst moments to their best. The highlights on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, you know, we, we compare our actual lives um, you know, everything that we go through, all of us to just the, 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 the top of the mountain, you know, the best moments for them. And so it's just like, well, I mean, if we saw them as a whole person, maybe we would realize that, you know, our lives, one, aren't so different and two, that, you know, they're just not so different. And that maybe, you know, this person isn't as perfect as they appear because none of us are perfect. Um, so yeah, I just think that, you know, I definitely agree with the whole marketing thing. And I was, and there was actually an instant instance today where I was on Instagram. Um, cause I, I often look for just other teen podcasters to just reach out to. So I was just looking for other teen podcasters, you know, doing what I usually do. And I came across this teen podcast. They'd probably maybe a month or two had like, they just started. They were fairly brand new. They had like 300 plus followers. And I was like, how in the world do you do mm-hmm. that? Like, and it's just this moment of maybe I'm not marketing myself correctly. Maybe, um, I don't know. It's just, you have all this stuff done. And then you have to just kind of step back and think, well, maybe this group of teens, they are already kind of have a more prevalent social media. You know, they're just more prevalent on social media. Maybe it's all of them combined with all of their friends that, that's just those 300. Maybe it's a bunch of people from school. You know what I mean? There's like so many different um, things that play into those numbers that it's like, I, I, just, I just can't compare. You know what I mean? And so you have to kind of step back and say, okay, well, yeah, maybe they've been podcasting a lot less, um, not as long as you have and have a lot more followers than you. Well, what, what plays into that? You know, so you just kind of have to step back and really think. But Definitely. I do think that we compare, you know, our kind of worst rock bottom moments to the people that are having tequilas in Hawaii on Instagram. So, you know, wearing, you know, the perfect swimsuit with the perfect lighting and a whole camera crew. And it's a photo shoot, you know, like it's you just can't compare. Well, I mean, you can compare, um, but there's just so many different factors that play into that. um, That it's like, well, maybe you would look just as good. You know, if you had an entire camera crew in Maui on the beach with like the sun setting behind you, like, I'm pretty sure yeah. we would all look pretty good in the like nice makeup and everything. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially myself included, I'd look absolutely <laughs> incredible with makeup with a beard. <sighs> but um, yeah, I uh, I get what you mean by that, and that's uh, that's the thing that happens a lot of the time with people is that they will compare themselves with other things but all for the wrong reasons that's because how i referred to it before is 
you see an account that's, that's popped up two months ago with all these followers. And instead of, I guess, cause you, you brought this up earlier and being resentful and being bitter, you know, I think it is healthy to compare yourself to them in the sense that, Oh, well, what strategies are they using? Right. And what ways are they putting themselves out there? What are, how are they differentiating themselves from other people? Because it's comparisons. It's not meant to be a bad thing from the start. It's just how we compare ourselves. It's just it reaching into different areas of our lives. And so what happens with a lot of people is they kind of, and this is a thing with anxiety, but they kind of consider their brain, their own personal enemy, but they have to realize that, you know, your brain, it, it's you. It wants what's best for you, but it's kind of misguided. It, it wants what's best for you, but it, it doesn't know really how to do that all the time. Because a lot of the time you'll see a bunch of survival tactics where you'll be like, oh, well, this person sharpened their spear in this way and they killed a boar and I didn't. Right. So now next time you'll sharpen your spear in a certain way so that you have a higher chance of surviving. Right. And so your brain is meant to help you out. It's meant to, I guess, you and your emotions, because your emotions are are usually like uh, what would people consider when it is them. But like they're meant to work together, but a lot of the time they might not or it might be misguided. And so it's a matter of realizing that everybody here, we're, we're all on the same team, dude. We all want what's best for us. My emotions want what's best for me. That's why they react in a certain way. And my brain wants what's best for me. That's why it may process things in a certain way. But a lot of the time, it's just not knowing how to do that. And that kind of not knowing, it may come in time. It may come with different experiences, or it might just be something that you need to you need to realize is that everybody's on the same team, you know, but they might just be having different ideas on how to get things done. When somebody talks trash to you, your emotions might immediately be like, Oh dude, I, I hate you. Don't, don't do that. And then just like either run away or have a conflict with them. And your brain's like, well, if you ignore them, then maybe that'll be better. But it's cause you know, your emotions and your brain might be conflicted. And so, you know, even like a lot of the time, it's not a, it's not always you against a, a certain aspect of you. A lot of times it's, we're all in the same boat. We just have some communication issues. And so we'll misinterpret it as other things. Right. Cause there's, I like to, I like to think of things from a different perspective when it comes to something like comparing. Cause when I, when I just said, I was like, well, comparing at its base is something that's meant to be good stress at its base is something that's meant to be good because your stress will cause you to do things fear at its base was something that's meant to be good so you avoid doing dangerous things but now that different things around us have changed so much right like now we have social media and now we have jobs and all that stuff these emotions they were a thing for way longer than social media was they were a thing for way longer than than really civilization was for. So it just, it will have those issues with a whole lot of comparing, but at the base, those are things that are supposed to help you. So you got to realize that, you know, we're all in the same boat, you know, every aspect of you, whether it's your physical appearance, whether it's your brain, whether it's your emotions, whether it's your athleticism, all that stuff, everybody's in the same boat. You know, it's just, it's usually just issues with communicating and really seeing what's going on. You know, it might just be a lot more misguided than, than I guess you'd previously think. It's just, it's all about thinking about things from a different perspective, because if, if comparing was solely a bad thing, then it probably, it probably would have caused humans to go extinct if it was like really that terrible to the point where it would really just halt progression. Right. Because I think that a lot of things are actually positive but they've been used in bad ways or over time their necessity has really been phased out, I guess. So it's just stuff like that is, is something that you need to consider is that, you know, we're all, we're all in this together, dude. You know, we got a, we got our anxiety, right. We might be stressed about something, you know, we might cry a lot. We might have issues with our body, but everybody here, we're all in the same boat. 
and it might like, and different things and different thought processes might exist for reasons that, you know, you might not even consider. So it's all about just thinking about it from a different perspective. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely think that, you know, all, you know, everything that we've talked about, stress, anxiety, at their core, they're not evil. These aren't like evil emotions. Um, They're just things that over time and because of our environment have become things that are not necessarily the most beneficial to us anymore. There was um, at one point in time where stress and fear are very beneficial. If you're being chased by a tiger in the caveman age, you want that stress and that fear and that anxiety to kick in. So you run a little faster. You want that. Um, But now it's like, it's a little different now. (laughs) So um, those emotions have stayed with us and we just need to learn how to use them to our benefit because there are times where stress is very helpful um, and beneficial and there are times where it is not. Um, So just kind of learning. And I would love to kind of conclude all this with talking about how kind of maybe, you know, there's kind of like up and downs of like happiness and sadness. Cause I tend to feel like I'm a very up and down person. Like um, I feel like at one moment I'm very, very happy and the next I'm really sad. Um, how do you think that kind of ties into all this of like stress and anxiety? Do you think it's like our anxiety that causes us to go, wait, look at that. Wait, look at that. Or a fear or what are your kind of thoughts on that? Well, you know, you have to think about all the different emotions kind of playing into effect, right? It's, um, and I guess just your human body as a whole, like seasonal depression is a thing, especially, uh, up North where I am, where there's more seasons because you can't really have seasonal depression when it's over 50 degrees your whole year. But like, you get what I mean? Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, there's seasonal depression and that's where it messes with your senses and what you can do. Like you look outside and it might not look as pretty as it did in the spring. And so that might bum you out or you go outside and the weather's cold and that might bum you out as well. Cause you don't like cold weather, but then you also have to consider a lot of different things because inside of you that, you know, there's more emotions than just stress. There's more emotions than just anxiety. There's more emotions than just sadness. And you got to realize that, you know, you having a lot of emotional up, ups and downs besides, I guess, being bipolar as a disorder, then for sure, like make sure that you're getting help for that. Or if you think that you may have it, make sure that you talk to a professional about that. But otherwise, like ups and downs in your life, they're pretty regular. I mean, for that's across basically i'd say basically everyone if you're feeling one emotion for an extremely extended amount of time and again unless it's a psychological condition then it's it's not going to be something that's that's healthy for you because you gotta think about it like this you know because your day you might be um you might be like oh well i'm just living through my day and i feel all these different emotions throughout it but you might be oversimplifying things to where you might not really know what's going on. If you think about it like this, that's throughout your day, your brain will be stimulated by so many different things. It's insane. You'll, your brain will be stimulated by the lighting of a room. It'll be stimulated by the distance you have to go. It might be stimulated by an off remark somebody made to you. It may be stimulated by a compliment somebody gave you. It may be stimulated by the amount of work that you got in a particular class. Because throughout your day, and even when you're sleeping with your dreams, and even when you're not dreaming, your brain is always going to be processing stuff. So you having a lot of emotional ups and downs is just your brain reacting to so many of the things that are just coming at you. And that's going to happen. You know, if you spend your time and you just sit in a blank room, your brain will still be stimulated by your thoughts. And your thoughts could even put you in a worse mood or your thoughts could even put you in a better mood or it might just entirely change your mood to maybe motivated, maybe anxious, maybe happy or so many different things. And so like throughout your day, Maddie, you're not just going to be like sitting in a room staring at a wall and not thinking whatsoever because if you're not thinking whatsoever, you're either ridiculously good at meditating or you're dead. So your brain will always, always, always be processing information, whether it's given to you by your environment or it's given to you by yourself and your own internal monologue. You're going to be experiencing a whole lot of different things. You're going to be seeing a whole lot of different things throughout your day. You're going to be interacting with a whole lot of different people. So all those things will cause emotional ups and downs. And that's totally normal. That's a normal thing. I know people that are, that they may be really, really happy in the morning, 
but by the by the end of the day, they might be really stressed and crying about something. Well, think about it. In the morning, they may have had a really good day yesterday, and they're carrying the emotion from that day. And they're hyped. They go to school. You slap with that five-page essay. Now they're stressed, right? Or they get told, oh, well, you're going to have to uh, do a public speaking tomorrow. You have to do a presentation in front of the class. So your emotions will 100% change. If you're super excited to do something, relax with somebody, call somebody, and one of your parents asks you to do some chores, your emotions will change. That's just because you have a lot of stuff going on around you, man. All of your life, you're going to have stuff going on around you. One of the, this is a, a just a biological thing. One of the core things that, that makes life, actual life, is responding to different stimulants in the environment. If you're not reacting to the environment, like if it's cold in the environment, you wear a blanket. If you're not reacting to that stuff, then you're technically not classified as, as life because, you know, you want to survive and you want to survive in the best way possible. And so a lot of things in your life are going to happen and a lot of things in your day is going to happen. So you have to realize that, one, that's a natural thing, not even across humans but also across all animals, all life. And it's also, it's entirely okay. You know, there's going to be days that are, are bad as a whole, where you might just be feeling one emotion that day for multiple different reasons. And of course, there's bigger overarching issues, like maybe the loss of a family member or, or divorce like that, that may be carried with you for an extended amount of time or break up that. That makes sense, right? But throughout your day, you'll probably be experiencing a lot of different emotions because, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And it's all about just taking it one step at a time and not looking out of it. Because seeing things from the big picture are good in some cases, but seeing things in the big picture in others can make oversimplifying. And oversimplifying can make you not realize why your problems are, are really your problems, you know. So it's just, it's just a matter of taking things day by day, minute by minute. And whatever happens, you just got to know that another good thing may come in the future. Another negative thing may come in the future. But either way, it's just a matter of you being ready for it and knowing that it's totally okay to feel however you feel. Definitely. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of big on this like idea of holding on to hope, kind of this hope that things will get better. I think hope is very important. I think it's very powerful. So I think that you know, even though you may not feel amazing right now, um, I think that you need to hold on to hope and you need to have the belief that things will get better and that tomorrow is a new day and that new things happen. Maybe you make a new friend or someone shows you even just the smallest act of kindness by giving you like, Oh, I like your shoes. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think also, you know, it's very natural to have up and down emotions. And sometimes, you know, we have these, you know, days where we're just up and down all the time. And we're just like, Oh my God, what is wrong with me? Why am I, you know, bouncing back and forth. Why am I feeling this way? And I think that, you know, just being able to say, Hey, it's okay. It's normal. It's normal to feel emotions. Um, and it's, you know, if your family member dies, um, or you lose, you know, someone close to you, it's normal to feel, you know, kind of sad or a little more depressed for a bit of a longer time. Um, but then at some point it is, I do believe, I don't know if I would say move on, but I think it's important to realize that there's more to come. And to hold on to the hope that things will get better, even if you don't feel like it in the moment. I think that in general, hope is always good. You know, just the hope that things can change and get better. And you will not always be stuck where you are. So, and whether that looks like moving on or taking your life in a different direction, whatever that, whatever you want that to mean for you. I just, I don't believe that we'll be stuck in, stuck where we are forever. I mean, if we want to be, we can choose to be, I suppose, but like, change is going to hit you. So you can, you know, nail your feet to the ground, but change is going to come with some strong pliers and pull up those nails. I, that was a really bad metaphor. Like the back of the hammer, I guess. Hey, listen, <laughs> all that matters is that you, you tried it. Okay. You tried it. You know uh, what you I know mean? What? I say that's actually pretty solid. You know, you had it for a minute there. Don't worry. I, I had it. And then, you don't use pliers to pull up nails. So I don't know where my brain went there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add, Jacob? Uh, no, 
Not a, not really. I think I, I spoke on a lot of the points that I wanted to. And I mean, if you have anything that, that you felt like you should address or anything that I said that you think is, is absolutely wrong, then dude, go ahead. No, I think that, you know, I don't believe in this idea of like absolutely wrong. I think that we can all have different perspectives, and different <laughs> ideas and different beliefs. Um, so, I mean, there wasn't really anything you said that I was like, oh, no, Jacob, no, 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 no. Like, I guess there wasn't anything that, like, really turned me off that was like, mm, you know, there wasn't really anything like that. Or at least, no, I, I wouldn't say, I think that you brought up a lot of really great points, a lot of points that I didn't thought about. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's such a great point. Let's go down that. Or let's talk more about that. So, I mean, I loved talking to you. This was a lot of fun. I just, we literally went off for just an hour, maybe less or more. I don't know. Yeah just about emotions. So, you know, it was really great talking to you. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, for sure, dude. For sure. Yeah. Well, that will be all for today, guys. Um, make sure you go check out Jacob and his podcast, Slumped. He is, he's a really, really great podcaster. He basically goes off with his guests for two hours and they talk about anything and everything under the sun. So it's definitely a fun podcast to listen to. Very, very funny. Jacob's a very funny guy. Um, so make sure to go check that out. Go give him some likes on Instagram as well. Go follow his Instagram. All those links will be down in the description. I didn't know where I was going with likes for him. And I was like, wait, likes? What are we talking about? Instagram. <laughs> yes. Go go follow like him on Instagram. Like and subscribe, Inst- guys. Make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, make sure you guys like and subscribe. Um, this isn't YouTube, so not exactly make sure how that bell icon. <laughs> yeah. So okay, all right. make sure you go check him out. Um, all of his links will definitely be in the description below. I feel like a YouTuber now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Flowering Compass. Of course, it was a little bit different, but that's okay. You know, you always have to diversify what you're talking about because, you know, you're a person that want to have time. Thank you for listening to the very end. If you are hearing this, make sure that you check my stuff out. That's Slump, S-L-U-M-P-E-D, exclamation point. That is on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast for some reason. It's also on Anchor and on Instagram. Make sure that you check that out. And also make sure that you leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts for the Flowering Compass because, my God, Maddie is trying. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Have a good one.